passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Bob of the Love Sponge show. Today we got a guest, which we'll have Rhett bring in here momentarily. Uh, his name is Ken Cage. And he was formerly from, I don't think they've had, I, I think they had like three years of episodes on the uh, airplane repo. It was on Discovery. And I think Ken was with them all three years. Yeah, it looks like 2013, 14, and 15. Right. Now, I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. I'm sure that's some of the things that, you know, Ken might be talking to us about today as to what's going on in Ken Cage's life. And then, like, did he, is he still repoing planes, you think? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, maybe, maybe whatever. That's why he's in town. Maybe, may, yeah, maybe, maybe he's got a guy that's behind on his uh, on his G five. I noticed Tra- Travolta flew his uh, Falcon nine hundred into St. Pete yesterday. Maybe he's going to get that. Oh yeah, maybe Travolta's <laughs> uh, on his what? Now what type does 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 John have? The one he flew in yesterday was a Falcon nine hundred. I wonder if Ken is Ken making his way to the studio. Well, Rhett might have to make a uh, bathroom break. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, he had to poop. I'm, I'm going to kick Rhett's ass. He, I think he's with uh, either son. He's with somebody. I was just going to put them on the couch. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Let me, make make nice. sure you show him, show him yeah. the mic deal, too. Yeah. Now, are we going to put the guest on the wireless deal, or is the guest to, is on? Ken, I think Ken is going to go on Dan's. Put, uh, put Ken in three. Yes. And then put uh, the handler or his, maybe that's his buddy or his business partner or something. Ken can tell us here momentarily once he gets situated here. Let me. Let me. He's doing his job. Let me's doing his job. Okay. Let me's a handler that he is. Oh, is. Will you fix that for him? Now, are we going to have. Are we going to put. Ken, who's your guest with you today? That is my son and protege, David. Is he a pilot? No. Well, then he can't be your protege. He's got to do the repos. He's my future repo man. I know, but he's not a pilot. Not yet. Neither am I. You're not a pilot. Nope. Lummy, help him with the headphone. Nope, that's Jesus, Lummy, you're up. stupid. Lummy, just you're, you're you're stupid. I have both headphones ready to go. So hold on, Ken. You're not. Well, how can you fly planes if you're not if you're not a if you're not a, a pilot? I don't fly them. I uh, I hire pilots to do it. And to be honest with you, as a businessman, it makes a lot more sense. I make a couple hundred dollars on every flight with them doing it. If I did it myself, I'd have to pay for the insurance and the licensing and all that, so I would lose money. So you're the broker, kind of, so to speak. I, I hire ferry pilots to move the airplanes. You're like the plane bounty hunter. Yeah, I, yeah. I repo them. Oh. You don't pu- have to be the guy that flies them. You have to be the guy that tracks them down, find out who's behind on the payments. Yes. And then, you know, now, so do you work mostly with, like, the banks? Like, do the banks call you up, Ken, and be like, Ken, this guy's, you know, eight months behind on his yacht? Yes. It's it's banks and uh, there's also a lot of attorneys we deal with. Oh, attorneys are the worst. <laughs> and, I mean, like probably you deal with attorneys more than the banks because when a guy's behind, 
you know, like on his G5. He's just, that's just not like 1800 bucks or something. That's a lot of money. That is a huge amount of money. It's Those things go a couple hundred thousand a month. Now, do you get a percentage of what? Do you just get a flat fee? Be like, listen, yachts are three thousand, and planes are two thousand, and this and that. Or do you, or, or do you get like a percentage of what they're behind? Like, how does your like? If it's not too personal of a question, like, is, do you have a flat fee for the deal? So we charge a flat fee for the repos, and then we're also licensed uh, brokers, so we sell them, and that's where we get the commission. Oh, so hold on, you'll repo it, and yes. then you get a chance to sell. The yacht or the plane or whatever. Yes. So they so part of the repo process is the fact that they list it with you. Yes, it's a lot cheaper for the bank. to Well, do that's where you one. make all the money, yes, Ken. Yes, that's it. Screw the you know the, <laughs> now now how much do you got to pay these ferry uh, these fair these ferry these ferry pilots so to speak? It depends obviously on the type of airplane. A Cessna one seventy two single engine airplane is a couple hundred bucks, which I could fly by the way. Can you? Well, I got six hundred. I'm not a pilot. I'm not a pilot, but I used to have a Cessna four fourteen. Nice. Physically, you can fly it. Legally, you can't. Yeah, fly legally. It. But I mean, I mean, that's that's most of us. We're physically can do a lot, but legally, we probably aren't supposed to. Right. I got six hundred hours on a. I have six hundred right seat hours on a Cessna four fourteen when I owned it for let's say five six years at least. Yeah. And my pilot was an instructor, a twin engine instructor. So every time we flew. You know, I would literally, you know, I went from, you know, the first time I flew not doing anything to by by the time that you know, I was done, I sold my plane like 650 some hours later, I was doing it all. So he could have signed you off or, you know, taken the test and signed you off pretty easily with that many hours. Probably. Um, but I mean, I did everything. I did. I did everything. A lot of times he'd sleep <clears throat> and I would just I do all the radio calls. You know, I would do it all. Um, yo, 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 Cessna coming in the land. Coming in hot, TPA. I don't know what runway I'm going, but it looks clear to me right now. Man, I got to tell you, Ken, they don't they don't take kindly when you make mistakes up there, uh, air, air traffic control. No, they'll eat you alive. One time we were coming into to Fort Myers, and I we were squawking a certain frequency, and I just brain farted and hit back to the 1200 position, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and they're like, Cessna, November 140, you're like, why are you uh, squawking 1200? And the pilot didn't know that I did it. I thought maybe I could do it, and he not really, because the squawk box was over on my side like, of the plane. Yeah. This thing is cool. I'm just going to mess with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's pretty much how it was. And so I hit it, blitz, and it put it back to 1200. And they're like, yeah, VFR, yeah. Why are you? And, and, and then they're like, uh, so he had to go to the, he had to call the tower afterwards and explain to him. It was just a power glitch is what he said. We had a power glitch, they, and they believed it. I love those 414s, by the way. They're beautiful airplanes. What are they going for nowadays? I mean, because you're, I mean, you, you're all, that's, you're all about brokering. Like, what are they going for nowadays? A clean one, like a clean one with, say, let's say, eighty six hundred, you know, hours. And what year are we looking at? Mine was an eighty three, I think. So that would still be six figures easy. Oh fuck! I think I paid like. 460 for mine. It yeah. had the RAM upgrades and stuff. Yeah, I had, see, that's big. I yeah. had the RAM upgrades and all new. No, I put new upholstery in it. New upholstery, the avionics, oh, the updated interior. avionics. Updated avionics. Not glass, though. We didn't have, well, we Not had a little, glass. It we had was a some. little bit of glass. But those are what? Those are probably what? Still $400,000 planes? All day long. Oh, they're, they're warriors. Man, they work so hard and they're, they're just yeah, great but they're, airplanes. I will tell you this. They're fucking pigs compared to like a. Like uh, what was a Pilatus? Well, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Compared to a turboprop, of course. <laughs> oh. 
See, the 414 can, it would only go, I mean, like 210, 212, you know. It's pressurized. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, you wanted to go, you know, like there's some props. What are the, they got, like, does that was the Mahoney's or the the Moonies or something like that? The kid? Moonies are fast. They're yeah. fast. For singles, especially. Yeah. Yeah. We had actually, we repealed a, uh, a Mooney Super Eagle in Michigan. And my pilots were generally from Embry Riddle in Daytona. Um, so they, the guy's like, this is a super, you know, this is a longer airplane. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm a commercial pilot. I can handle this. And he's like really talking down to my pilot till my pilot just cussed him out. Like, dude, I, I know what I'm doing. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it just so little respect because he was 23 years old, but he had more hours in the air than he had as a, in, in a car. Yeah. Um, and he was now do you fanatic. send two guys usually or one? For pilot, it depends. Single engine, I'll just send one. Yeah, like like a one seventy two, man. Yeah, you know, hell, you can almost send half a guy to get that. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you literally. My 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 buddy had a one seventy two, and those things are so with those top, big pillow top wing, top top wings. They are just so forgiving. Right. I mean, you really got to be an idiot to hit to to crash or 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 weather conditions. When, when you right. go to rebuild a plane, like, do you actually go and do all the paperwork and get it done, and then the pilot just comes in just to fly it, or is he involved in, like, the repo process at all? So, as it depends on the pilot. Um, there was a couple that, that I mentioned from Embry-Riddle. I would take them with me so they could just hop in the plane and go, um, and they were okay with being around. The first couple— Now, do you go with a lot sometimes? Oh, yeah. I mean, because— well, because at the end of the day, you kind of got to go because you're the business end of it, right? Right. I have to be there on the repo. I have to do the repos because I have the license in the okay. state. Now, how many of the repos go good where the owner's like, hey, uh, you know, hey, listen, buddy, I know I'm behind. Hey, Ken, I'm going to work with you here. Just here, take it, take it. I know that I'm behind. I've already talked to the bank. <laughs> I'm, only missing, I'm only missing one engine. Yeah. <laughs> or how many are there saying, I, I'll be, you, God damn, you're going to take my plane or my boat. Or I mean, I mean, how many of them are adversarial and have it, how many of them are like, okay, buddy. So at least half of them are the owner's not even there, right? You come in in the middle of the night, yeah. Jumps and now. How do you do? You get do you have keys made already? I have this set of keys that you would be impressed with. Yeah, we've got because over the years we've uh, reposed so many different types of airplanes, and we've just copied keys for different airplanes. And you know, as a as a pilot, that. You're not supposed the, to copy those. Those well, those, they're those. pretty universal. Yeah, right? well, that's the thing. <laughs> like my mailbox key. When I had an apartment in Orlando, my mailbox key would open half of the 172s. Right. So, and it's like construction guys. When they yep. are on the construction site, they have these big, big constru- heavy equipment operators. They, over the years, have a John Deere key, three or four different right. cat keys, three, you know, yeah, so they start just about everything. <clears throat> right. Yep. And that's what we have. We have, I mean, our, our ring is probably 40 or 50 keys, but it's enough to, to get us into everything. And honestly. And you know what you're going to before you go. We do. So if you don't have one. You can obviously have some downtime. Be like, who's got the uh, the Falcon 50 key? Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know, right? That's the, the thing. And honestly, my son Dave is over here. He's actually learned how to pick locks for us. So the Dave, ro- you're, I think, does he have a microphone? Do we give Dave no, a microphone? No, he, oh, okay. he's, he's the quiet, he's a quiet smart shy. kid in the corner. Um, and he's now he's picking locks. Yeah. He, he actually started doing it when he was like 11 years old because I have a pick set. We're allowed to pick the locks to the airplanes. We're just not allowed to pick a lock to get into a hangar or a house or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's on the handheld. Okay. And uh, your son's, what's your son's name again? It's David. Hi, David. How are you, my friend? Doing well. How about you? Good. How old are you? 20 years old. 20 years old. Now, where do, now Ken, where are you guys from? We're from Philadelphia. You're from Philly? Yes, sir. I, did a, I was in radio for about nine months in Philly at Q102 back in 1990. 
Wow. Lived off of City Line Avenue. That's the best. Right near St. Joe's University. Yep, that's exactly it. Most of the radio stations are there now. And Bala, is it Bala Kenwood? Yep. Bala, Bala Kenwood off City Line Avenue. Yep, and now there's a Manioc. Did you ever go to Manioc when you were there? No. See, they built that up, and it's probably five minutes from the stations, and it's it's really cool now. You do a lot of Philly, Philly radio? I've done a lot on... You guys don't compete up there, right? No, fuck no. <laughs> so you I can, can say. Yeah, Q102 or WISP. Or... So YSP is a sports station now. Right. Um, That's I, where Howard was back in the day, I think. He was, it, yep. Right? Yep, and Opie and Anthony in the afternoon. Right. Um, Man, what a hell of a lineup. Right. I've I've done the Opie, you know, done a lot of stuff with Opie, but I do MMR. Frequently, and that's number one up there now. Wasn't that with DeBella back in the day? Yes. Now he's on 102.9. He's still on radio. Yeah. yeah. Is he killing it? Is he doing okay? He's doing, I mean, he's still on, so he must be doing well. Remember when Howard uh, beat him? Oh, my gosh. And then they did the funeral, but then he had DeBella's ex-wife on and trying to get her a, de- a date with a lesbian. Uh, I don't remember the, the <laughs> yeah. date part, but oh, I definitely yeah. remember the funeral. Oh, I was at the funeral. Were you really? I was there. On, I worked for Q102. I did afternoon drive, and Howard was. This is unheard of to send. They sent me to go cover the Howard Stern funeral. It was such an event. And I asked my boss. I'm like, "Well, they're the competition." He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, but you know, he's fucking God, so you gotta you gotta go and, and do it." And it was on the like the courthouse steps, or it was somewhere downtown, if I remember. Uh, and no, it was actually right. The funeral was right underneath DeBella's window, his studio window. And that was in the old city back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Near Independence Hall and yes, things like that. Yes, yes. And that was like 1990. Oh, man. I remember. And uh, Howard came in, whipped his ass, and then DeBella would never recognize Howard. And then after Howard finally whipped his ass, I think DeBella, like, said, so, you know, like, I don't know, something. Yeah. Recognized him or something. But Howard, Philly was his best market for years. Uh, it's a, he's a Philly kind of guy. When he was terrestrial, he was definitely a Philly Is that how you guy. know our friend Tim? Because Tim's a Philly guy. Tim Sabian? Yes. I met him actually through Opie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Tim. Opie was doing serious. Right. Man, I wish we were all back there. We'd all, I mean, you know, had a great time over there. How's, have you Have you talked to Opie? We had Opie on the show. Let's, when did we have Opie on? Maybe uh, a, It's been a while now, but. I need to have him back on. It was about yeah. two years ago, I think. Yeah. Two. You still talk to Opie? Uh, through social media. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. I mean, the, the pandemic just crushed everything for everybody. And Opie was all time. freaked out about it. Yeah. yeah. Like he, you know, Anthony wasn't too freaked out about it. He was still, but Opie was freaked the fuck out about it. Yeah, he started doing a lot of beach podcasts and things yeah, like that. Yeah, like <laughs> he's like recently just came back to the city. I think Opie made a ton of money and did really good with his, well with his money. That I don't think, I mean, I think that he didn't really need to. Well, that's good for him. I. It's funny because when I started... The repo thing, I never thought of doing radio or television or anything. Uh, and then it just kind of happened with the crash of the economy in 2008 and nine. Um, and then I got on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, and obviously all hell broke loose then. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you now? Were you did you start out the repo business in Philly, just like cars no, and sand or stuff like that? No, I bought a business that was uh, already, it, it, they were shutting down. So we kind of bought some of the assets we needed to start up here in Orlando. Um, because Florida, you have to have a Florida repo license if you want to be an international company. So, now, are, now, do you live in Orlando now? I have a place in uh, Orlando, and Philly's still home. Yeah, um, I'm a f- Philly sucks. So, so we to talked Orlando. about it. Oh. We talked. We talked about it yesterday. So, just a quick question: Pats or Genos? Neither. 
That's, hey, what, so that's what everyone said. You says, motherfucker, but... that's exactly what the guy from <laughs> Philly... And, and okay. I knew you would too, but I, I had to ask, that. I had you to know ask what? it that way. A true Philadelphian, a true guy from Philly answers the way you did. Because yep. we had a guy yesterday named Brian, and he calls from Philly, and we always ask people from Philly, and you're really not a Philadelphia dude if you pick one of the two. Yeah. Right. Because they're, they're, they're just tourist traps. It's funny because, you know, David's a huge cheesesteak fan. So we went up there one time. like, fine, we'll go to Pat's, we'll go to Gino's. It's like horse meat. It's terrible. It's yeah. and, and and Brian from Philly guy listens to the show. It's like it's literally a tourist trap. Yep. If you want a good cheesesteak, chances are that little sandwich vendor across the way or that little mom and pop shops got the the chili, the Philly cheesesteak, you know, the way yes. that it's really supposed to be. Yeah, made. I think it's a Jim's too. Jim's is a big one. He said a place called Jim's. Was, yeah, was, Jim's is decent. So since you were in Philly, you've heard of Delco. Yeah. Okay, so I that's where we're from is, is Delco. Delco is short for Delaware County, and we've got a chip on our shoulder. So there's actually a very somewhat famous cheesesteak place in Dundee, which is close to here, and it's called Delco's. Yep. And and they're they're expanding up in Delco too, but the best one of ours and my father-in-law's best friend owned the company for years is called Phil and Jim's, and they just won best cheesesteak in the world. Really? Like oh. on planet Earth. Um, and they're right in Delaware County at a small town called Parkside. And we joke it's called Parkside because it's so small. If you don't park on the side, you're going to miss it. Um, <laughs> it's like three cheesesteak places. Las Spadas is one of them, and they're down here too, okay. right? Yeah, Las yes. Yeah, Las Spadas, yeah. Um, they're across the street from Phil and Jim's, but Phil and Jim's, Dude, you have that. It's a religion, religious huh. experience. It's I had amazing. the worst time in Philly. I'm going to be honest with you. It was <laughs> the worst time of my life, just because I'm some you know white boy from Indiana, and like the chicks there, yeah. they're just you know they got like a brother named Salvatore or Antonio <laughs> or yeah. something like that. And so you go to pick them up, and this was like in '90, okay? Yep. And you know their hair, they, like it's like they got five gallons of white oh, rain, yeah. white rain well, on their what hair. What year was this as well? '90. Okay, yeah. so. So, and I don't know if things have changed, but, you know, they just got a real, they're like real sassy and they don't want to, they don't want to give you any ass and they just want you to spend a bunch of money on them. And chicks from Philly are, are grizzled, I should say. You have to get out of the city a little bit. Yeah, you do. You got to get in the Delco area. Yeah, don't you? yeah, the Delco girls are friendlier. Now, what, what suburb was kind of, I lived right at the corner of City Line and St. Joe. Right there, there it's like a it's like a condo slash like high rise 15, 18, 16 story apartment building right by like the train station. But if you kept going uh, on City Line Avenue out to there was a kind of an affluent neighborhood out there. You're getting to Haverford and then to the right Lancaster Avenue, you're getting towards Radnor. Those are old money. Yeah. Things. But yeah. Haverford is the first one on City. I Ave. would ride my motorcycle out there and it was beautiful. Like it was such a distinct difference. Like you were like almost in like a really rich, like almost country setting kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I, Haverford is basically the first town as you're leaving City Line and, and then it becomes Township Line. And that's the breaking point between the city and the town. What's the, the most, ex- like, where do the, you know, the guy that owns the Phillies, the guy that owns the Eagles, like, like where do those people live? Well, a lot of them live in Jersey because it's so much cheaper there. Um, but Radnor, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other places around there. But it's like like Kobe Bryant grew up in Lower Marion. His dad was a, a 76er. Um, there are actually quite a few Phillies that live in and around Media, where we are in Delaware County. Um, but that Radnor is, I think, the wealthiest area, you know, because Radnor is part of Villanova, which everyone knows right. they have tons of money. That's about the wealthiest area. When I was when the- I went there, I had a guy named Mark Driscoll 
and he uh, ran Q102. And I got hired in March 1st of 90. And I couldn't start till April 1st because I had to go live at Corman Suites or Corman Squares yep. or something downtown. And I had to go to Philadelphia Boot Camp. And I had to learn things like Conchahawken and Schuylkill Hill. And he made me like every day for five, for like 20, 20 days, like for four weeks, five days a week. We had like how to, so that all the new radio personalities, he brought three of us in. And I was from Chicago, and the other guy was from somewhere, and the girl was from somewhere, and made us learn the city. And it was the only time in radio that I had to do that. But it was very effective because you you really kind of sounded like you, you knew what you were saying because nobody can say Schuylkill Hill the very first time or no. Conchahawken. Those are weird names, aren't they? Yeah, they they really they really are. And then ask a Philadelphian to spell Schuylkill, and most of them can't. <laughs> no, they can't. It's not even. It makes no sense. No, it's but it's a it's a very I don't, I don't know it it's a very it's a very unique city, Philadelphia. I I just I, I was miserable there. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's interesting? I always kind of say it's it's because we live in the shadow of New York, and we're like New York's little brother, and we're always taking crap from New York, so we have that. The that hard exterior, the edge, the chip on our shoulder. And it's funny because the last season we did Airplane Repo, the film crew came out to my town. And the week before, they're like, what can we expect out there? I said, well, two things are one of two things are going to happen and maybe both. You might get invited over to somebody's house for dinner because they're friendly. Mm-hmm. But they also might get in a fight with you before and after. They may stab you on the front porch. Uh, right. But you'll get you'll get a good pasta dish out of it. Or the, the Uncle Salvatore, you know, <laughs> might, uh, you might might steal your car while you're at dinner or something like that. Yeah, he, his IROC's getting a little old. His IROC Z. His IROC Z. <laughs> you so, know that's what they were driving Oh, to. they were. Hell yeah. Uh, so, like, with, with regards to Airplane Repo, I think it was on for three seasons on Discovery. Yep. And did they contact you, you know, because you had this big repo business? Or, you know, or did you pitch it to them and i don't even think like i'm dealing with some television stuff right now on a, on a on a documentary but the television business is ruthless and as you probably know and so how did that all go down yeah it's funny and, and as far as the tv business i think they just have too many people that don't have a clue what they're doing in business especially it makes sense financially and they just don't do it and I look at what they did with Conan and they overthink and they overthink it oh too much right so the way it started for me was I was front page of the Wall Street Journal, and literally the day came out, I heard from over 200 TV. Now, groups. what was the front page in the Wall Street Journal? What was that about? Uh, about the repo business. I had a, a guy who's now on CNBC. His name's Robert Frank. He was a great um, writer for the journal. He contacted me and said, hey, I want to do a ride-along. So we took him to a couple of repos, one in Sanford. We picked up a jet there, and then we took him to get a boat. Um, gosh, I think it was on the river, St. John's River somewhere, but... So he was with us for a couple of days. He did a front page article. It was really, I mean, it was a great article. Kind of like embedded himself into yeah. the repo world kind yes. of deal. And, and it was now, when did you first take over this repo business? And was it originally based out of Orlando, like you said? Yeah, it was based in Orlando. We took it over in November of 2005. Here's your front page right here. It's a nice looking jet, isn't it? That is nice. Well, don't even tell me. Is that a CJ? No, it's a Gulfstream. Oh, that's, a, that's a, like a G5? It's a 150, I think it is, if I got that right. What's that thing? What what? Oh, that what? was a year old, and that thing was gone for like thirteen million. Oh, what's that thing go new for? Uh, probably about fifteen or sixteen at that. Oh, so time. the buyer didn't really get that big of a break on it. No, and that's the thing. Everybody thinks they're going to get it for pennies on the dollar, and that's yeah. You know, they'll tell us, well, no, it doesn't work that way. We have a bid process um, where we're interacting with all the bidders at one time, and we're able to drive the prices up pretty good. What's that? Controller.com. 
<clears throat> where one of one of the one of the websites that that, that sell planes, I yeah. think it's controller.com. Yeah, and controller's great and the thing is we had a, the uh, DOJ contracts one for the boats and one for airplanes to do all their seizures. No companies Oh, that's so cool. No companies ever had them both and we had them both at the same time and we had them both extended 2 years beyond the, the end of the contract. But, so with this particular plane, this was just the plane that the, the, the journalist watch you guys get. This wasn't plane number one. What was plane number one you got? Uh, it, it, sorry, it might have been a 414. <laughs> really? I think so. <laughs> I think so. And then we got a, a big, you know, was it a, a big hog on the St. John's River. Um, what do you prefer, boats or planes? Probably planes because you can get the hell out of there. Well, I love airplanes. They're they're just so much fun. Boy, and, when you get bit now, you don't do. Do you have an airplane, uh, your own plane? No. But when you get bit by the aviation bug, it is just oh. And then you you constantly. I had this four fourteen, but you know we'd pull up to the FBO, and I was like, man, my plane sucks compared to that plane. <laughs> then you get then you start getting aviation re, like you know envy. Where the guy that pulls up in a you know in a CJ or a Hawker or a Falcon, and then you look like a complete fucking idiot in your 414. And we love when people think like that because then they overextend and get an airplane they can't afford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I sold later, mine before I, I got it taken away. Good Wait, for you. What's the biggest or most expensive plane you've repoed? I picked up. They were actually three from one one case. I picked up three 727s. Was it John Travolta's? <laughs> no, no. It, it actually was a, an airline, a small little regional airline. We Hooters Air? Three. Hooters Air? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> Hooters Air failed miserably. Yeah. They, uh, they, I don't know what planes they had, but so this little this little private, you know, this little airplane company, they got three 727s. What's, what's the price on those things? They went for about 20 mil each. Privately? Oh. Yeah, we, we turned them around. Um now, were they configured to be a passenger, or were they configured to be, you know, private? They were for commercial. All right, it, so you had to gut them. You know, whoever bought them probably had to gut them and make them. Or they wanted to start up their own, uh, you know, or they had a small regional uh, airline. You know, I'm not sure exactly what they did with it. Um, I just know they paid, and that was, that made me very happy. So, so Ken, <laughs> what ha- what happens on when, like in this particular guy, when this guy embedded himself uh, in to take this Gulf Stream? Did you guys get this adversarially, or was the guy cool? Uh, we actually got the airplane was was really close to being a huge problem um, because the FBO uh, was giving us just the hardest time. So I kept the journalist with me, um, and we kind of distracted the people that wouldn't let us out. And the pilot, we you know, because he was he knew the area really well and he was connected. He was able to get onto the field separately, and they didn't know he was with us. Yeah, but how do you – if a plane like this is hangered, okay, and, you know, the guys, the bank or whoever's telling you, hey, Ken, you know, you got full authorization to take this thing. And I'm so I'm thinking legally at that point you have to have, like, some type of paperwork that says that you uh, are whomever, the, the, the lien holder or whoever, yep. the paper has given you permission to take this thing back. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming you got to show the FBO that because you just can't walk up, cut the lock to the, to the hangar – and go find that plane, fire it up, unchalk it, and then t- you just can't. I, I don't no. think you can. You can't do. You can't break into a hangar. Right. Um, you can't break into the airfield. Correct. And it's it's interesting because you know there were three separate stories on airplane repo. I had one of the three, and the other guy would show himself jumping over fences. I'm like, oh no, never did we do that. Uh, we'd go through the front door. You have to. To your point. Well, especially in a in a in a airspace federally. I mean, you, they could shoot you. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, if you're jumping, the, if you're jumping the fence of an airport, yes, 
That's pretty. They take that pretty seriously nowadays, post 9-11. Yeah, and so it's funny you mentioned that. One of my favorite stories is it was beginning of 2006. I was going to Stewart, Florida, and just get a POS airplane. It was garbage, right? But I had to get the repo for the bank. And we went right as the FBO closed. On the field, we flew in, so no problem there. Walking around the airplane, security sees me. Doesn't say a word. Now, was the plane hanging or is it outside? It was outside. Right. Because it was, like I said, it was crap. Um, yeah, but, and most but, guys that are behind on payments is usually are behind on hangar fees, too, right? Yes, and <laughs> so, maintenance. So they, oh, yeah, so you didn't have his yearly, didn't have all of that. Right, so I knew we weren't going to fly it. Oh, so at that point, if you're going to go into repo something, the guy hasn't had, you know, his yearly, you don't know how airworthy that thing is. Correct. So you probably can't put it up in the, in the, in the air, can you? That's right. We usually try and taxi it to the other side, to another FBO that you, you know how— how they work together, like the Hatfields and McCoys in right. the airfield. You take it to air, you take it to Hangar One, and then you tell Hangar Two, "Hey, can you guys do an annual on this thing for me?" Because because yes. Hangar One guys won't do it, and the Hangar Two guys are like, "Yeah, fuck those guys, we'll do it for you." Heartbeat, right? I, oh, I can screw them and get paid. Yes, yeah, exactly. In. Um, so at Stewart, you know, the security guy saw us walk by. I thought, okay, we're cool. I had the pilots who flew me down. We were just going to fly back. Turns out he called the cops. Right, so we're sitting there looking at the airplane and getting an idea. And we hear the, the sirens. We're like, what the hell's going on? And it's getting closer and closer. I'm like, something's really not right. All of a sudden, there were 13, 13 cop cars that broke, that come flying Damn. through the gate. Ooh. 20 cops jump out, guns guns aimed right at me. I we mean, got us a couple plane thieves here. Let's get right. these motherfuckers. <laughs> right. And that was, to your point, after 9-11, right. you try and get on an airfield. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had 20 cops. So I showed them the paperwork, and I had already called it into the police, so I had a case number. And then I'm like, you know, at the end, I'm like, why did you send 20 now, officers? Did, weren't, weren't they able to look at, why, as the call got through, weren't they able to say, somebody step in and say, yeah, that, that, I've, we've spoke to that guy. He's there. He's got the paperwork. We know the, we know the number. He's there to, t- I mean, wouldn't would you think, think. they communicate a little bit better than that? Yeah. It was I, probably the most exciting timing. thing that had happened in that bullshit little city. So they yeah, wanted so to go what, out what there. What was their answer as to why they sent so many? Well, they said, there would have been 28, but eight got stuck behind the train in town. Yeah. <laughs> we so had all points kind of bulletin on you. We yeah. know how you motherfuckers from Philadelphia roll. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't like Pat's or Gino's cheesesteaks. You're down. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they were sending 28. It had to be just like an overlap. The timing just had to be so like on this, perfect for Back that to time. this on this plane. So you get there. This You got your journalist with you. Yep. This plane's in the hangar. No, it was on the field. They were getting ready to leave. Oh, this plane's on the field? Yeah. Oh, which, you mean the owners were getting ready to yeah, leave? Yeah, he was, and he was. Now, there. how does that now? Now, Ken, how does that go when you know Johnny, uh, Gulfstream owner, has his family? They're getting ready to go to the bar, to, you know, bar, you know, Turks Caicos, and you got to come give them the good news that that uh, the trip's canceled. Honestly, I I do it quick and painful, um, you know, like the bandit, just quick as you can. But was but, he actually on the plane? No, he wasn't there. He was on his way. So they the airport. You know, prepared the airplane for them. They even put snacks and drinks sure. on the airplane. Which and they have a, plug, nice it, of them. a lot of those planes. They, you know, they get them plugged in, get the air yes. going for you. Yes. You know, whether that's called an FB, I forget what that's called. Uh, what, when they're when they're blitz when you get them when they're plugged in. Well, like short, the APU. Yeah, the yeah. APU. They got you. you got you plugged in the GPU. I guess would be on the ground. The, yeah, the GPU, and they got the air nice for yes. you. It's all nice, right? And it was warmed up, and right. So we were. It was. It made it. That part of it was better. But we also knew that the owner was on his way, and he was like this six foot six character with a a nice long uh, record of right. violence and drugs and all this stuff. So we knew 
we had to get out of there quick. Now, did, now was it your understanding, I'm going to try to get out of here before he even gets to the airfield? Yes. Or are we going to try to talk to him no, and explain? We were out of there as quick as we could get out of there. Right. I don't want to see that guy at all because who knows what he's going to do. And and how cool, how uncool is that is if you're Johnny six foot six and you pull up and be like, where's my plane? Well, this <laughs> motherfucking gray dude from Philadelphia came and took it, had the paperwork and everything. Yeah. That's basically how it went down. Um, and, of course, he calls the bank and complains, and we don't care about that. How but, far late was that guy? Oh, uh, he was like 95 days. Now, it was, when it, do they start? When do they start? When does the bank start getting concerned? This would be good for me to know. You know, when, when you yeah. gotta, <laughs> if I ever buy another plane and I'm a few months behind, like, Ken, when do they start getting a, 90 days? So I used to work at Chrysler Financial calling on past due loans. So I can tell you, at 14 days past due, they start calling you. 14? Yeah. They, now, that's not a repo situation, but they'll start the automatic calls and – at 31 days past due, that's when they start getting serious. 46 is the is the number that freaks them out because there's, you know. When do they call Ken? At, it, it used to be 60 to 65 days, but when the economy went bad, which it did at this time, and that's when it happened in 2010, it was like 95 days. So they had, that, that was four payments that was due on a, on this one, on a, you know, $13 million. What airplane. was this guy's payment? Do you, I mean, do you know those details? It was somewhere... Like fifteen or eighteen thousand a month, so he was Ooh. he was getting close to eighty thousand behind with fees, and late also, fees yeah. and all that kind of shit. And he also owned owed the um, the airport like six months hangar rent, mm-hmm. which we paid. And I said, now do you got to pay that to get it out? Yeah. Like so, a lot of times if it's hangar, they'll be like, "Well, I'm glad you got the paperwork, but he's uh, six months behind on hangar fee, buddy." Yeah. You and, clear that up, and it's yours. Yeah, and that's what we do. And, it makes and the it bank, easy. It does, and the bank always is supportive of that because you don't want like all these people getting hurt by it so you pay the the hangar fees and if the guy tries to get his airplane back guess what those fees are added on right right so he has right. to pay the how many fees what's the, the percentage ken of guys that try to get their shit back uh it's somewhere around 30 to 40 percent okay that actually happened to me yesterday um i was actually i was you know driving. are you midair and you get a call from uh from the bank be like uh, ken go ahead and turn that thing around uh homeboy no, no. Uh, homeboy gave us a wireless some money <laughs> thank god we don't do it that way it was um we were going for a boat and that's why i actually came down and, and was planned on trying to get a boat and we're on the way driving there to get the boat and all of a sudden the bank calls and says hey it's off he paid i'm like son of a <laughs> so we got a plane on now Monday. do you get do you get anything for that like if you're already on your way down you already spent money to get here like do you just lose out or we get paid all of our fees okay yeah and so we make a you know a, a, a little hundred you're, at least you're not out though no we're definitely not out okay and plus it's a pretty cool like you know you're not out digging a ditch nine to five like i mean it's kind of an adventurous cool deal i mean maybe the business aspect of talking to the bankers and all that kind of shit but the actual repoing is kind of cool isn't it it's fun because it's just so different all the You've time. You've been shot at? Yeah. For yeah. real? Yeah, a few times. What's more dangerous, the boats or the planes? Uh, the boats. Because yeah, cause it's easier for someone to like, well, stay on the boat. Well, because usually yeah. it's behind their house. That's right, a, Ken? Down here in Florida, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, it, you know, we deal with more business people. So we did a piece on CBS Sunday Evening News after this journal article. And we were going to take a boat in um, Cape Canaveral, Florida. Mm-hmm. And the guy used it. He got laid off from, you know, had no work. He was a contractor. He got laid off. His business was shut down. All he had left was to charter the boat and take people fishing. And now we're taking the boat. So he was. He was happy. His only only way to make money. And that's the thing with boats more than airplanes. 
you know, a lot of the boats, you know, this are, are for pleasure only, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of people that use the boats for money. Yep. Um, airplanes, you know, there's been a couple airplanes. You got to get a part 35 and right. that's a pain in the ass and right. the like, insurance. It's really hard to fish from an airplane. <laughs> yeah. It is. More people, you can get more people to want to charter a boat than you can an airplane. For sure. Right. Easily. So now, a guy can have like a, you know, a 45 open fish and just fucking kill it on charters. Right. Right? Yes. And that's what he was. He was killing on charters, but he wasn't sending the payments in. That's it. Because he was behind on the house. He was behind on electric and food and, you know, kids' doctor bills or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, on life. That's why I hated working at Chrysler because, you know, taking a minivan is, that's that's personal. Working at Chrysler, too. That that was actually the height of Chrysler when we were there. Was Lee Iacocca over there? No, but they had just merged with uh, Mercedes-Benz. Oh, okay. So it was. It was at the kind of like so it, it was Daimler kinda... Chrysler. Yes, Daimler Chrysler. That's right. Out of Detroit, or are you still in? Were you in Philly? I was in Philly, but I did a lot of stuff in Southfield and Farmington Hills, Michigan. Oh, was it, was it was it all in the like the credit in the credit aspect of it? The finance. Yes. Yeah, we're a Chrysler Financial. Were you the bird dog trying to? I mean, were you the guy trying to get the fourteen day overdue? That was that what you? Were doing? I was. That's I mean, you weren't you weren't doing quick. oil changes. No, gosh, no. Um, yeah, we were doing the banking side. I was in the high risk collection side, so we were forty six days past doing more, and then we were calling the repo guys to go pick them up. On an unrelated note, like do, like all the the car dealerships, like from Ford to Chevy to Cadillac to whatever, they make all their money on the financing. I mean, they'll give you the damn car for damn for damn, especially now. Uh, yes. Maybe even less what they paid for it, but it it's those points on the backside with the bank, isn't it, Ken? That is, that's what it is, and that's why we have to collect because. It kills us. But the, the problem is the bigger dealerships get too many breaks from the finance guys because mm-hmm. we want to we want to sell these loans. Right. So like there's this one huge one in Oklahoma there, like all their applications came in with a name, no social, no address, nothing. So we're doing skip tracing, trying to figure out where all these first payment defaults are from the same dealerships. Like son of a bitch. So they give them too much leeway because mm-hmm. they want to sell the loan so bad. Obviously, the dealer wants to do the same. So, what's the what's the like if a if a person if if you go and buy a new F one fifty and your and your rate I don't even know what a car rate is now five 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 it's got to be more now the seven eight jumping yeah all right yeah. but like what what is you know who's buying it for what who's paying three and who's making the three on the backs like how does that all go Ken honestly I don't know how the split goes with the dealership it it varies based on the size of the dealership right but just um, just you know maybe typically. I think uh, the the finance company, if if the loan goes through clean for three to five years, they make like at that time they were making like three percent. Wow! The finance company, so the dealership would get you know if it was a four percent loan or a six percent loan, they would get the overage. And, and does a finance company just cut that check to the dealership? Uh, I think so. Yeah, there we have dealer relationship managers where we had them at the time, so they would deal directly with all the dealerships and and the DRMs. Those managers were like they were they were gods in the in the finance side because they were dealing directly with. So not only do they take them to the Rays games and the Lightning games, and oh, they take else, them anywhere they want, anywhere they want, mm-hmm. and then they also get to give them the happy news of the checks and all the parties. And I was like, how do I get that job? And they're like, you don't, you know, right, I got to buy a company. Then just repo this fucking I, boat. And shut exactly, up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> then, then sell it and then shut the fuck up. That's I'm happy and, to do that. And, and we're going to give you a whole bunch of business, buddy, because everybody's behind. Yes. But like, what about? I mean, who who's financing these fifteen million dollar planes? Are there, is that the, is that the? I mean, is that probably a guy's personal bank? I forget where I financed mine from. I, th- I think it, I think it was from my bank. I think. Yeah, we are. 
I mean, you know, think of all the bigger banks out there, and that's who we were working with, and we still do work with most of them. Um, you know, it, I mean, we started out heavy with Wachovia before they got taken over by Wells. Um, now, do you have to establish – you have to – part of your business is probably establishing a relationship with the bank so that you can be their repo guy. Absolutely. That's the toughest part, too, because there's other repo companies that are – they might have time in, in a relationship with them, so we're the new guy. But having a having a, a reality show, that probably – really opens some doors for you, doesn't it? it? It does, and it also stings a little bit sometimes because they're like, well, you're going to show my airplane getting repoed on TV. It's like, well, I don't do that shit anymore. Well, well, even when I did it, nobody knew who I was working with, what banks were involved, and they said, well, we protect the identity of the bank and the debtor. Mm-hmm. That's would you my guys, first thing. Would you guys blur the, the tail numbers yes. sometimes? Always. Always, right. Yeah. Now, if the player, like there was one we had with the DOJ. There was an airplane that was seized. It, was, it had two dice on the tail. Okay, so, you know, that kind of airplane with two dice on the tail, everybody knew whose airplane it was, right? So if we repo that airplane on TV, we would substitute it with another one that didn't stand out because we were really cognizant of not releasing the identity of the debtor, the bank, any of that stuff. So, How much business do you do with the DOJ? Like, how much stuff are they seizing? We got rid of that because they were they, they got to be brutal. At the beginning of the, of the COVID, they got to be awful to deal with. So we got out of that. Because they extended us. And meaning we, like uh, to as far as paying you? They wouldn't pay just, us. Or like, just, you know, you're dealing with the government and they're like, when you say brutal, it's just like they're giving you take it or leave it type offers or like a just, you know, what? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we had worked with them for, again, five-year contract, right? And the people we worked with for the first four years were great. You know, we had a great uh, kind of learning experience for both sides at the beginning and we were we were humming along. And during that time, business was booming. Um, but then they brought a new group in and- yeah, they just kept trying to create trouble, and they thought they had all the power. So we're like, okay, fine, we're we're leaving. Good luck. And that was kind of how it ended. They just they, they wouldn't pay. They would they would send us out to see something. We're like, all right, we're ready to move it. Nope, nope, you're not taking it now. Go home, and we're not going to pay for the trip. Now, was it mostly like you know drug guys and or people behind on IRS or like was it just you know was it. Because, I mean, they, they obviously have, are in the credit business, so to speak, in the, in the arm of the IRS. Or was it all drug seizures and things like that Yeah, it was when D- you were doing DOJ? It was the DEA stuff. It was FBI stuff. It was a lot of criminal stuff and a lot of drug, drug so stuff. So you're dealing with, like, you know, when you're repoing, uh, you know, Johnny uh, – guy that owns a small business in Philadelphia's plane that's one thing but when you're repoing Johnny you know cartel guy yeah that's a that's a whole other you know you know height of awareness isn't it it's whole different and it because those motherfuckers have guns and a lot of them right but the mm-hmm. other thing is once you take the plane if I take you know Johnny small business guy's plane you know I've had a couple people try and take them back right right but not many and a couple of guys would be like, ah, that, guy, that, that, that Ken Gage guy, he's a real asshole, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but when you take when you take Johnny Cartel guys, he's like, ah, fuck, I'm not forgetting that motherfucker. Right, and I'm not afraid to come to wherever you're keep whether it's Orlando, Hobby, you know, Houston, yeah. Hobby, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. I'll come track your ass down. Bingo. That's the difference is the, the level of security you need for their assets, whether it's boats or airplanes. Is completely different. What than was the sexiest, most expensive, coolest thing? DOJ wise that you ever reposed. See, the coolest thing to me was the the cargo ship. It was like a thousand foot cargo ship. To me, that was cool, um, but it wasn't sexy at all. But to know you have something that huge that's loaded with cargo, 
and was it was it, it was it was it drugs? No, it was a. Le- I mean, I think the stuff that was in it was legitimate, um, but the people running the company, not so much. Um, but there was a lot. I mean, a lot of huge airplanes, and um, there was a a hundred, a bunch of 140, 150, 160 foot yachts worth, like. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive it's all just radio waves how much can a radio wave really cost Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only $15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month... And get the plan shipped to your door for free. You got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tens of millions of dollars. Um, they were the coolest things. Now, when you when you repo a plane and like, what's the? How do you keep it secure so that someone doesn't take it back? Like, what steps do you take? So, depending on you the put twenty three out there with a shotgun, twenty three year old out there with a shotgun. We've had security twenty four seven on. Um, on do you have like before. a big showroom? You know, uh, Ken's Ken, <laughs> Ken's repo <laughs> showroom. Yeah, we have some guys in dress suits with overcloned. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, hey, let me tell you something. Looks like you're looking for a 49 foot yacht today, there, Ron. Come I got on, one just yeah. right over here. We just got it fresh out of Stewart, Florida, man. We barely got it, but we got it here, and it's got your name all over it. I can but, send you right to the finance department. We get you all written up here, buddy. There you, you go. put a club on the yoke, or what? What do you do? Yeah, we, we, we put do. a club on it. <laughs> 
so if, if we're worried about the security of it, obviously we put it in a hangar. Yeah. And we tuck it behind other things to kind of... You make it hard to get to. Real hard to get to, right? So, um, and we let, obviously, the airport know, hey, this one we got to worry about. So um, we've had security where we've hired security and put them there 24-7, um, and we'll hire the armed security just mm-hmm. in case. So, you know, if it's bad enough, and the bank or whoever it is is happy to pay the money. Okay. Because um, the assets we do that for are, like I said, the $20 million assets or the $15 million assets. Now, how, how long do you have to store something for until, until you can sell it, usually? It, de- it depends. The DOJ is much longer because it's got to go through courts. Okay. That's okay. why you don't even like dealing with those guys anymore. Yeah. It's not as clean, right? It, I mean, It's not as clean. No, we've held, gosh, there was one boat we had from the beginning of the contract in 2013 and was still with us in 2020. Jeez. So the courts, thank God you didn't have to pay for that inventory. I mean, but, but you got to pay. They're paying storage fees, though, right? Right. The whole I mean, time. You're, I mean, yep. you, you're occurring costs, right? Yeah, and we we you build pass it along. Month. Yeah, you pass it along. Yeah, but we never got to sell that. Um, Do they eventually? Sometimes, if you just can't sell it for whatever reason, where does it go? I I, I don't know. It, it never got to that point. They just say to keep holding it until the courts make a decision. It, with the DOJ, it's always the courts mm-hmm. decide what the outcome of the. But on, the on a is. on a private like bank repo, what's like the yes. average time for like a plane? Let's say. Uh, so we have to wait, depending on the state. There's a quote unquote a cure period right. where you have to give the debtor time to pay the, the right. note back. Um, once you get past that time, it's ten days, some states, thirty days in okay. California. After that, it's usually for us. It's within forty days we have it sold. Okay. Now, now, do you usually get it sold pretty quick? And again, that's. Part of your business too is this is the selling deal, right? It's, it's the part I like the best. Yes. Now, and do you, you know, after you've exhausted what was owed on that, do, is that all for you? I mean, is that all gravy for you, or do you gotta split it with the bank? No. So what, the way it works, most of the time, the outstanding balance is more than what we sell it for. Really? Um, yeah. The bank loses on repos consistently. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say you, you took they want some, they're just trying to get some of that money back. Yes. So let's say you take in a, you know, like for instance, a four fourteen. Okay. And a guy owed, you know, three fifty on it, but you know it's only worth three. You know, probably top dollar you get for it's three hundred. I guess that's not three fifty that was owed to you, right? It was it's three fifty that was owed to the bank. Yeah. So they so they cut you off. You know, they they probably have a standardized fee that they give you and yeah. gave you for getting it, and then maybe a little bird dog for selling it. Yeah. So the way we we get a commission just like any yacht broker w- would get anyway, or an airplane broker mm-hmm. would get. So yeah. Standard is 10%. Bigger airplanes is smaller. Bigger boats is smaller percentage, but more money. So if it's 300000 let's just say it's 10%. That's what we always told Discovery. Use the, the standard 10%. Right. Even if we get it or not, it doesn't matter for TV. It's fine. Sure. So on that, we would get $30,000 plus our expenses, and the bank gets whatever's left. No wonder you're rolling. No wonder you're fucking straight rolling, buddy. I'm not. I got four kids. I got one of them here. He wants to eat. Yeah, that's true. You might want to invest in a vasectomy. <laughs> I already done. Thank you. Perfect. Here, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching a little bit. Uh, this is from the, the reality show that, and, and and this is called blackmailing a cheating husband to repossess a 1.9 million dollar yacht. What's the story behind this if, one? Kid? This is the one I think it is. It's one of my favorites, and the fans love it. Basically, this guy was cheating on his wife, and he had a bunch of young girls at a little party. Sounds like a pimp to me. Well, yeah, but he wasn't <laughs> sharing. Um, so these girls, all bikini clad and yeah. young and thin and on the boat, right? So I actually... A boat that needs repoed? It, it had to be repoed. It was docked, right? No big deal. We found it. But, you know, we're not just going to jump on the boat 
right away. You just can't it. throw Ronda with the big tits off the boat, right? You can't, right. So, uh, the, um, I'm just telling you right now, Ken, we got permission to be her, okay? Well, so you fuck off, buddy. Well, I don't well, care how much is out on this boat. We're st- me and my girlfriends are doing cocaine and staying on this boat all night long. It's uh, yeah, more or less. So we, I hired a girl from a bar. I got talking with her. Danny kind of coaxed me to do it. Danny's my partner on the show, and I offered her 300 bucks. And we've done this probably 10 times because uh, guys are guys. So if an attractive girl comes up and says, oh, my gosh, I love your boat. It's so whatever. And I want to blow you. With it, right. And then he's like, oh, my God. Guess let's go. what? Debtor gets right off the boat. And you are a repo guy. You use all, all oh, angles, tactics. my friends. That thing works. That, that one tactic works every single time. So we hire this girl. She's um, hot. She goes to the owner. Yep. I heard you had a boat. He, he's on the boat. We want him off the boat so we can take it. She flirts with him. She gets him to the bar. I'm like, here we go. We now, hop. are there other girls on the boat? Yes. So, so you got to get you got to get that. Yeah. So we and they show this in the episode. We go up to the 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 deck and we're like, uh, "This boat's repoed. We're we're going. You got to get off." I'm like, "No, we're not getting off. Fine, you're going with us then." And then that freaked them out worse than mm-hmm. getting off the boat. So they hustled off the boat. Just as we're ready to ready to take off, the debtor sees what's going on and comes back. And then, like, we're telling him, like, you know, this is what's going down. And we're like, you know, we kind of build it up for him, but we knew what he was doing. Then we see the wife coming, and she's bitching a fit. And I'm like, this is perfect. And she didn't know about the three little freaks that are on the boat, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so now he's got not only <laughs> I'm behind on payment issues, but he's got mad, mad <laughs> wife syndrome, too. Yeah, and that's worse than the payments, right? Right. So, you know, I mean, there's. All kinds of toys hanging around. There's girls' underwear here and there, and they're now. Is it on this episode? Yeah. Now we didn't show the toys. I don't think. Let me see here. I'm gonna try and board this boat. Doesn't look like anybody's on it, so I've got to. What's that, Lummy? Does he still work with Danny? Yeah. 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 You still work with Danny? Yep. Yep. Not liking what he sees. Oh, that. By the way, that's a badass boat, Ken. That's a nice boat, isn't it? Is that in Florida? Yeah, it was on the East Coast. I forget exactly where. Oh, and there's chicks. Yeah. Yeah, if I had a boat like that, I'd have chicks just, you know, staffed up on there. I mean, but I'd be honest with if I had a wife, I'd be like, listen, you know, I, we got a boat and it, and, it, and it attracts hot bitches. So let me have my boat. Let me have it. And you see how we blur out the name of the boat? Oh, yes. So that's something we're careful. Looks like he was in Boca Raton. Let me see here. I got I'm going to fast forward to the high spot. This is Ken. There's the girl <clears throat> that you hired, right? Yeah. Off the boat. Hi there. How are you? My name's Ken. Ken explains that they're attempting. Danny looks pretty thick, like he could kick some ass. Attempting uh, to repo a yacht being held illegal. Don't be starting no shit with him, Ken. He'll whip your ass. I'm <laughs> I, telling you right now. Believe me, I don't. By a sleazy debtor. I need an attractive lady like yourself to. 300? You must be one hell of a negotiator. No bitch would ever go for that. Well, 300. It was, it was she's, she's not doing anything. It's 10 minutes of work. Yeah. Off a boat so we can go repo it. He assures her she'll be compensated. And all I have to do is talk to him? Talk no to head, no nothing. Nothing. Bring him here. How long do I have to keep him here for? Honestly, probably 10, 15 minutes. Enough for us to throttle this bitch up, She's throw like, the horse off. I can do that. All right. Easy money, right? I can do that. Deal? Deal. Ken always trying to push it like a Philadelphia guy. Now, Ken and Danny have an accomplice. They watch from their boat as she makes a casual approach to the... Now, where'd you get this boat at, Ken? That's at this, this burner boat. Where'd we, you get that at? We, uh, we had a friend, I think. That yacht. I wasn't sure if we rented a conversation. So that's, that's the guy, right? Yeah, that's right there. Him. That's him. Look, I think he, is he yelling? He even looks like a douchebag. Yeah. Oh, Nancy? 
She got his attention. He seems like he's into her. She's got him talking, but the key is, can she get him back to the bar? Maybe he's inviting her up. But they're definitely talking, man. Yeah, now that would have really fucked your story up if he would have said, now fuck the bar, I got everything we need up here. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we would have had to get on the boat and yeah. confront Right her. now, this girl's flirting abilities are the only thing we've got to get this guy off the yacht. He's coming at the bottom. Dude. She's got game. Did we call the right one? I can't believe this one, bro. Now, is Danny a, a Philly guy, too? He's from Charlotte, North Carolina. This is my little toy. It's a lovely was. little toy. This is it. This Dan is where Danny and the fucking Ken roll up in here he and give, give the bitches the good news. Captain to meet them on the yacht. Dude, let's see now. You and Danny can't drive this shit. You had to have a, a captain, right? I always hire people because it's just cheaper and safer for us. See, I would just gas the motherfucker up and just try to deal with it. Uh, he, we and had I'm him hitting a pylon, and uh, the remote ain't worth shit. <laughs> the first boat we repoed in Tampa, the, the captain we had did. He ran it up like yeah. six different pylons. I'm like, screw this. I'm yeah. never doing this myself. Yeah. Hire people. Now, Ken and Danny have to board the boat. By the way, Ken, pretty nice hotties on there, huh? Yeah, and Danny suggested we keep them on. I would have. Of course, off. It's and not their good. captain on. And take the yacht out to sea. You got four kids. Remember that, Ken? I always do. the did. debtor returns. You almost and had mama, seven kids. Mama take, you almost had seven kids, Ken, <laughs> in it, with, a, with a divorce kicker. <laughs> So hey, I sent Danny first. Sir, uh, <laughs> sir, I, uh, I fucked around with a few of these chicks, and now I'm in as much trouble as you are, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, They're both going to stay here in the bar. Less the boat. Yeah. We got it, dude. Yes. Get just how, how bad was this boat? Was it nice? Oh, it was unbelievable. Party much around here? Look at the goodies. Yeah. What's going on? Hey there. Ken and Danny rushed the debtor's lady friends off the boat with enough authority to avoid any drama. Get back in. Let's go, get girls. moving. Party's over with. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Come go. Come on. Here you go, ladies. Otherwise, you go. Oh, right. my God. This big guy with muscles has thrown us off the boat. Thank you. Us, and that won't be pleasant. Oh, Party's over with today. <laughs> Thank you. Meanwhile, you guys are trying to get them the fuck out of there because you don't want this, you know, Telly Savalas-looking motherfucker to come back here, exactly. right? Exactly. So as soon as we clear these girls off the yacht, the captain's here. I would already had the motor on. Hey, he much longer. He's captain, what's back. up, brother? Perfect. Let's go. Let's just get her started up and see what we can do. Now, Those now, girls are going to go find the guy. Like, what's wrong with yeah, your boat? Be like, yeah. hey, yeah. these two fucking assholes kicked us off. Said they were over the bank. <laughs> one's from Philly, too. <laughs> one's from Philly. The other one's jacked the fuck up. Yeah. Come on. We got to get about this nerd guy on with four stripes. I think he bought the shirt at fucking Walmart. <laughs> like, no. Spencer's. Who knows he's on borrowed time. Have you, hey, Ken, have you ever got a guy? And he's like, listen, I don't really fucking, I mean, I don't even know how to start this fucking thing. Uh, no, but the first one I told you about that crashed the boat into the pilings his his tow guy was a, a drunk old bastard so he had no idea <laughs> he might have bought his four stripes at target exactly like <laughs> since the first thing the debtors party girls will do is alert him to the repo right i don't want this debtor coming back so now danny and i have to move fast captain come on you gotta get, yeah, get this fucking thing oh, going is, buddy. come is. on jesus god gas it up as soon as he cranks it calls the debtor the engines. You could see the debtor, and he's charging he's us now. Guy. He is, yeah, he's a pretty big dude, Ken. He is. is. Send Danny out there. This is exactly what Ken wanted to avoid. 
Now he's going to have to rely on his human seawall, Danny Thompson. That's right. Ken ain't doing shit. Looks like Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, looks like Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah no Goldberg. shit. Who the hell are you guys? Whoa, 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 what are you doing whoa, 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 on my whoa, 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 boat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just, just listen to him, brother. My name's Ken Cage, and this boat's been repossessed. And this is my buddy Danny, and he can bench press a fucking Buick. So yeah, exactly. leave us alone. He's got a 1985 camera. He's got a 1985 fucking camera. Looks like a real tourist with chops. This is six months. For right now, my boat called into the police. It's a done deal. It's done. You need to move off the boat, though. This guy knows that as soon as he leaves the yacht, we're taking it. So he concocts some story about stolen property. Okay. You took my Rolex, really? He, you know what? He looks like a uh, Dr. Phil on growth. Yeah, does he not? Yeah, he some does. story it's about stolen brother. property. He's, doc- he's Goldberg had sex with Dr. Phil mm-hmm. and then on growth hormone. Okay. Right, here, right here, look. You took my... Doesn't he look like Dr. Phil? Rolex, really? On growth? Yeah. You're stealing stuff out of here? I check one thing. Where's the Rolex? Really? You're going to give us grief about a watch? So this guy is going to accuse us... Oh, he's trying to say, Ken, you got sticky fingers because you're from Philly. I know how you are. Yep. Us of stealing a Phantom watch, which was never on the boat, of course. Oh, uh... Oh, shit. And mama looks like a straight Bulgarian, too, does she not? No wonder you were hanging out with the hot bitches, because mama, I'd be cheating on this bitch, too. Look at all this. You want want the party to come to a screeching halt? Fucking throw this in right here. Holy shit. Danny, that bitch has got bigger traps than you. Holy shit. Fuck! Pterodactyl. It's funny. The guy wasn't afraid of Danny. He's afraid of her. Oh no, shit! Yeah, she'll stretch him. Uh, <laughs> go, go. Look at that fucking look at that Dutch boy haircut. Yeah. What are you, Olivia Newton-John? Let's get physical. What the fuck? Get the hell out of here, bitch! Who's that? I feel like I'll make a make you a deal. We'll wave no, your dad if you get your wife off my ass. No, who's that? What's that? It's what's that? What? Yeah. Who let the who let the pterodactyl on the fucking boat? I thought we had bird wire. <laughs> Frank, are you in there? No, Frank's not in here. If I was Frank, I'd be like, hey, you two repo fucks, tell her I'm gone, Look, okay? Just watch take what her he with does. Me. Just drown me. Watch hey, what he does. Hey, hey, guys, let me fucking ride out to yeah. half the channel so I can jump in and kill myself, okay? The debtor goes white as a sheet. It's his wife. Let's see if those fit her, man. Wow. Yeah, real. Hey, I bet she'll like his picture like right it. here. You got pictures of him with the girls? Want to make a deal? We just got to develop what? a film first. We'll, we'll keep our mouth shut. We'll hide all this stuff. She won't know a damn thing. We'll take care of all this. Just give us the boat. Forced to choose between the yacht and his wife. I'd be like, I want those young yeah, bitches. Yeah, you take anyway. her. Yeah. The debtor figures. The debt goes, I'll tell you what, motherfuckers. You guys can have the boat, but let me throw her on with it. Uh, I'll jump off last minute, and <laughs> motherfucker, we ain't got no problems. Put her in the building. The yacht costs less to replace. We're nothing to worry about compared to that wife. That wife is furious. And ugly as hell. <laughs> Ken, Ken, you wanted to say that, did you not? Wow. She, that wife is a fucking beast. I wouldn't want to be dealing with her right now. He better focus on that and work with us. She had bigger traps than Danny. Deal with the back. Cover for me on this one for now. Gotcha. We got you. And I'll get off the boat. We got you. I want to know who these people are. Like, They're associates. I just had a deal with Don't, them. Don't. Let's go talk I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm not in- Danny knew he was dealing with a stiff Bulgarian. <laughs> Everything's fine. You We're know, good. Let's go I talk don't... about it. We'll go get a drink. Do lunch. Let's go. You can go lift weights. Do superset on shoulders. There you go. <laughs> Magic trick. Here's a <laughs> pair of panties and another one. What have I got up my sleeve? Boy, his ass is in trouble. Oh, Man, my God. I'm going to watch her slapping. <laughs> well, you know what time it is.
It's time to take this big boy out to sea. Captain, you ready? Ready to go. I'm Let's just trying to figure out. Let's get these babies go. Fire How do I start this thing? Now, Ken, do you guys get a party on it a little bit? I mean, when you guys, I mean, by the way, did you have to take it all the way back to, to Jersey? Or, I mean. No. No, we took it. We left in Florida, and to your first question, if there happen to be a beer or two on there that are cold, they might not be there at the end of the trip. All right, let's say go. this. We'll let's party. say this, Ken. You fly into Tampa on a Thursday. You do surveillance and shit on a guy's boat. You figured you could maybe take it on Friday. You get it. And, you know, you guys uh, and you, you guys get a little dock slip somewhere over there, and you guys could spend it. Can you spend a couple days on it? Or I mean, you know. No, not really. Really? Not really. No. You should tell the bank, hey, listen, you know, I'll give it. It's X amount of dollars to repo this. But if you let me have it for the weekend, I was going to have the kids, all 15 of my kids and two wives down here. I'm up to 15 now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Damn it. Uh-huh. You got a couple of those trippers pregnant. You know, you yeah. never know. Yeah. It didn't happen, honey. So um, so what are you doing nowadays, Ken? What brings you to Tampa? A repo? Yeah, we were. I was here to get a, a boat. And then, like I said, uh, as we're on our way, we're almost at the marina. Bank calls and says he paid. How big of a boat was it? Uh, it was a 55-footer. Okay. Ooh. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was I think they had it valued at like four hundred and some thousand. So it was and decent. So when you do that, you then and you say you broker them. Will you just keep it in Florida, locked up, or something like that? Like you can't get it back north, can you? No, I don't want to either. The boats, no, I, God, I can only imagine how expensive. It, I mean, how do you even get there? Right. I've I've had boats brought, especially in the winter, from like Virginia down to Florida, and it's it's a ten thousand, tre- fifteen thousand dollar trip. Um, for, yeah, for the guy, for not only fuel, but the guy that you got to pay to do that, right? Exactly. And and I always send, you know, a crew along with the captain. So, you know, keep the problem. You can't limited. send one dude no. in case he goes overboard or some bullshit. Exactly. But you got to send three or four? Yeah, we usually, I mean, we leave it up to the captain. Um, most of the time, they just are satisfied with their one to be a crew. So it's, you know, he can be a maintenance guy, a crew guy, depending on what he needs. But the captains decide. Um, just like with the pilots. The pilots make all choices on flying. I, I never pressure them. If they say can't fly, can't fly. If they say they need two guys, they need two guys. Don't get mad at me, Ken. It says you're worth $10 million. That's uh, Yeah, that's what it says. That's awesome. Just fucking it, it didn't jet take setting into, around and flying yeah. around and taking people's shit. That's cool as hell, Ken Gay. Yeah, they didn't take into account David, the four kids. David and the kids. Now, are you are you still married to to the kids as well, Mama? Yeah, tomorrow's our thirty second anniversary. Oh, Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Congrats! Congratulations! Thank you. Now, is she cool? She's unbelievably cool. You know, they say behind every good man is a good woman, a better woman. And but my grandpa had a caveat to that: behind every failed man is a bitch. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he was my, spot on. My grandpa told me one time. My grandpa Fred, he goes, you know, Bubba, behind every good man's a good woman. Like, yeah, I've heard that before, Grandpa. And he goes, yeah, but what you haven't heard is behind every failed man is a bitch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I never really heard that angle, but mm-hmm. I, I think it applies. I really do. It seems to. So, Ken, where can people get, like, do you just, are you just doing, like, the Facebook, you know, social media shit? Or, like, what are you doing now? How do, I mean, like, what are you doing besides repoing? Are you just repoing living the dream? We're repoing. I've got a, another thing during COVID. Um, we got introduced to this uvc light that kills covid and it disinfects everything and it's the most powerful of its kind so we're trying to grow that business a little bit too now where's that at where can i find that at that's platinum group inc platinum grp is the website and we're based out of boca um i'm trying to talk my wife into moving to florida platinum so group what inc inc all right um and i'm trying to talk her into moving to florida uh so if i yeah, put all the get, businesses the down here i think i'm set I sent two of my kids down here out of four. Just the taxes alone. 
Just, I mean, just the taxes alone will, will, will you'll. I mean, there's no state taxes down here. I but. know, and and Delaware is the same way, but Delaware is not Florida. I mean, no, it's. I got news for you. Plus, that's where Joe Biden's from. I mean, it, and, hold on, let me see. Here. Exactly. Let me see the little pitch deal here. Okay, hold on. Yeah, it's interesting. Bob Army, let's look at this. Is what Ken? Not only will he repo your boat, but he'll sell you one of these fucking lights too. The virus prevention team here uses the Platinum Group 1500 watt UVC light to disinfect a yacht. You see the technician cleaning wood cabinets and a countertop. Look as the light meter shows the power of the 1500 watt unit from a distance. The light. Like now, are you selling these to schools and, and things like that? Yes, schools, businesses. Uh, we've got a much smaller unit now. Um, we've been talking to airlines and companies like that, cannabis companies. Um, they need something to help with their crops because they get three or four different molds of mildews that can destroy the entire crops. Really? And we just got this, our, our light tested at Finley University in Ohio, and they said, yep. It, oh, the cannabis business is huge, too. Yeah, uh, right now we're hearing that it's it's flooded a little bit, which is what happened to us during the uh, the repo business in, you know, 9 and 10. The brokers mm-hmm. all thought, oh, yeah, we can repo, too. And then they tried to do it. It's like, you know, two months later, like, yeah, we can't do this. Yeah. So it's it's flooded a little bit. Um, you mean the market ton- with regards with to cannabis. how many people are growing and stuff? With cannabis, it's, yeah. yeah, everybody's, because, you know, we all hear about it, then everybody thinks, well, I can, day traders, a lot remember of money that in it. the 90s, everybody could be a day trader, make a million dollars a day. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of people in it, It's they're going to phase out soon, but their crops are worth so much money, um, and if we can help them avoid some of the you know, loss of crops that they have, and then we can take it to other other crops and other sanitizing type businesses. You know, the, um, there's an apple washing company up in in the Midwest, Michigan, Ohio area. Granny Smith. Yeah, something like that. And they're looking at us and like, can you do what what the water does? And it's like, yeah, better than that. And you don't have to use chemicals. And like, so they're looking at it. So, so you basically they can sterilize or wash their apples with your light more so than with water and the cost and that's probably huge right yeah and it's we we can disinfect better and not use chemicals well i bring one of those disinfectant light here to the brn i can only imagine how how you know filthy this place is all the years i got one in the car (laughs) is it going to show all the all the you know it's all not the, one all of those lights. No, it's oh, not one of those lights. It's not one of those lights. It's not black light. Okay. Couches. I was getting a little scared here. No, we won't ever dine regular- like that. Yeah. ...cleaning the high touch points that are most vulnerable to diseases and germs. So literally, you just take this light and just, you know, go over everything you want to disinfect? Yep. How long does it have to be on, on the area? Because uh, it looks like this guy's just wandering it around a little bit. It, it's... At the power we have it at, it, it can be done in a second, but we suggest like three to five seconds over each area. Just go slow. This light it. is easy to use and small enough to clean all areas and safe for all surfaces. Here- and since then, you've made them smaller. Yeah, the one now that we have the newest one is like four pounds. Affects a glass top. Now, where can people go? You know, to maybe you know buy or to look, or you know, maybe there's some other people that listen into this show right now that would maybe be interested in something like this. Yeah, they, they should go to the website. PlatinumGRPINC.com because all the contact information is right there. Can can the public buy them, or are you only sell them to like institutions and things like that? Oh, we'll sell them one at a time. That's best of us. all. The light is safe. That's your that's your repo guy coming out. We'll fucking yeah, sell them one exactly. at a time, buddy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll sell a school a hundred of them, or I'll sell Johnny PQ a public one of them. I yeah. don't care. How many kids do I have now? Exactly. Need Fourteen. Eighteen. To have evacuated, and all items could remain on board. Think of the time and cost savings. 
the line. Yeah, you would think the airline industry. They do. Would would have something like this? Yeah, they they have such a great return system in their airlines that they're not as concerned. Um, but they tested some of the other ones that were weak. Um, we, we've talked to some of them. We'll see. This we focused on the charter yacht business. This was like a hundred and thirty foot yacht, right? Because they were having to cancel two hundred fifty thousand dollar a week trips because of COVID. Right, and it's impossible to wipe it all down and spray and wipe, or you can just wing it with one of these lights, right? right? right. So what they would do is they would clear the boat for two days. You know, day. a, but that's like a two day that the boat's being down. Right. right? We, you don't have to clear the boat at all with the light. You just keep people out of the room just as, you know, a safety precaution. So the light doesn't, you know, spend too much time in their eyes. But you can keep somebody in the galley when you're in the living room. No problem. Well, the the light could stay with the boat so that the yes. captains and the crew guys are always cleaning areas, you know, after they've been used, right? Yep, that's exactly It is safe for. to use on all surfaces. It is even safe to use on electronics throughout the yacht. The light is powerful enough to eradicate the COVID-19 virus from 20 inches away in one second. You see the tech... What if I put it on my penis? <clears throat> I mean, like, would it disinfect my penis? If you'll buy one, I'll tell you it'll grow. Disinfecting all surface <laughs> Gives me an extra inch. You get a hell of a tan. Now, yeah. listen, Ken, I know that you're worth $10 million, but you want to be worth $100 million. Offer a light that disinfects and grows your penis, oh. and you'll be having a John Travolta 747 soon. Pfizer will be calling me in Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not only do you disinfect your penis, but it gives you three-quarters to an inch of, of hardness and thickness. Wood, plastic, and Pfizer would send to Hitman's what they would do. Yeah, <laughs> Pfizer would be like, man, we gotta kill this guy and get this technology immediately. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Exactly. <laughs> Look how easy it is for the technician to use the light, even in tight spaces. That is because the light is 8 inches by 8 inches by 12 inches and weighs only 13 pounds. And you've since made this smaller, right, Kenny? Significantly smaller. Yeah, it's like uh, that was 1,500 watts. We're down to like 600 watts because we just kept yep. shrinking it. But it's it's just a smaller range, but it's it does the same exact job. Is it the Hurricane 2? Yeah. yeah. Of course. I think that's like 4 by 6 or something. That computer would be destroyed. With just a quick sweep, all of the viruses, germs. Might- so, Ken, you're going to be able to <clears throat> retire from the repo deal, or are you always going to keep that going? Uh, I, I like repoing. So I'll keep that going, and I got my, my lock picker over there. Hopefully he'll learn how to be a pilot soon. He'll do some flying, and it'll be a family business. Hopefully he's picking you know, legal locks because you know, being a lock picker, you could get into some areas you're not supposed to be. Yeah, he hasn't, as far as I know, he hasn't done that yet. But I, I have noticed the pick set's missing time and again, so I don't know oh. what that's about. Now, and what's your son's name? Danny? David. David. Is there any lock that you can't like, – can you pick the average lock? The average lock, yes. But Might there's be- a lot that I can't pick. Well, like, for instance, tell me the ones you can't pick, because that's the kind I need to buy. Like a disc a disc lock? <laughs> Probably. The ones that are on, like, a normal house door, uh, usually I can pick them within five, ten minutes. That, Not that, super quick with it. How about a safe? Uh, depends on the safe. Uh, if it has, like, a normal master lock, I can usually pick them, too. Really? Oh. Is it just all about going in there and just, you know, messing around with the tumblers and things like that? I mean, I know I'm kind of simplifying it a little bit. but Yeah, so if you have the right set and you have a rake or something you can sort of just play with it and with enough time you can anyone can figure it out but or you can get bolt cutters and, yeah, and just yeah. you know cut it off that's the universal lock that's, picker. that's the, the the white trash lock picker is a set of bolt cutters i love those the ones that are tough are the medica locks on the airplanes because they are quote-unquote unpickable um can David roll up in there and pick that thing well you know what he can do better than he's telling you he can do but if he practiced it you know, for a, period, a week or so, he'd get 
really good now, at can it. You make a, can you make a living picking locks? It's just a part of our job, so I wouldn't hire somebody to pick a lock for us. You just get David up in the joint. Yeah. David, when did you, how long have you been doing this? Um, I think I learned probably five years ago, six years ago. From but, from Pops or from? Uh, from YouTube, actually. From the lock picking lawyer. From YouTube. Like that, yeah. <laughs> from YouTube. Oh, yeah. Man. You can learn anything on YouTube. God, I know. It almost should be like uh, illegal, all the things you can learn from YouTube. You can really learn to be a real real badass in, oh, yeah. in YouTube. Well, listen, Ken, I, uh, I, I didn't know how this interview was going to go because I didn't know how cool you were. Uh, but I and I didn't know how much you know you could really talk. But man, I, I got to think I really enjoyed having you in here today. I loved it. I've known you and and followed you for so long, and it's it's been now. Listen, great. you've been in a lot of radio studios. Have you ever seen anything like this? The gate itself at the front is freaking awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, but this studio is amazing. Yeah. I've never seen it like with the red tin and. Well, if you look behind you, we used when we were on Tim Sabian's you know platform, we used to have girls on. That stu- and the, on that stage, doing all kinds of throw to things. Yeah, stripper stripper pole. Pole. And then yeah, we had, listen, this turn around. We had a we have a shower that now has all of our storage. band. Uh, now yeah. we use it for storage and all of our band equipment. But we'd have girls in there putting them on the glass in the shower uh, right there. And then you heard how I impregnate strippers. And yeah, you said, on the boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to call your wife. Of everything. I'll call yeah. your wife and tell her you got seven additional children. Jesus, every time it's more. Oh, yeah. she looks better than Please. that one guy's wife. Oh, my, sure my wife, does. honestly, is a beautiful Italian woman. Way more beautiful than you. Way more beautiful. So my she could get rid of your beautiful. stupid ass at any time and get that guy that owns that boat that's not going to get fucking repoed by you. And that's why I need to keep working. You do. That's why you need to <laughs> sling yep. this, this, bo- this light right here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, listen, Ken, I wanted to thank you and, and your son for swinging on by. And so, again, where can people just maybe your Facebook or like, you know, what are we slinging here? Where are we, where, where are we pushing people to get into the Ken world? It's uh, I'm at Twitter. I'm at uh, Instagram, Facebook at Ken Cage Repo. Um, honestly, you know, the fans, the last episode of Airplane Repo that was an original episode was 2015. Yeah, it's been a while. And every time we post something like I posted a couple of posts over the on Monday about the repo we were working on. And we had over 50,000 people interact. Yeah, why don't you do it yourself? So that's what I'm talking to Tim about is how we can go forward. Mike Kennedy, who's on the show, and people love him. He's out of Orlando. Mm-hmm. He's got the animals. Um, yep. He's working with us now. So now it's it's me, Danny, and, and Mike. And it's, you know, people are excited. They want TV. They want to, they want more episodes. So we're working with Tim. Um, well, it's a fascinating, you know, it's a fascinating topic, repoing. You know, because you don't know what's going to happen, and you're getting into sexy, cool stuff that yeah. most people wish they could own, <laughs> and quite frankly, they're happy that somebody's taking their shit away. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you know, when I look at a guy, I don't have a plane anymore, and I see a guy that got his plane, I, I wouldn't mind his plane getting fucking repoed. Exactly. I can't have a plane anymore. And you know what's funny is is the way you say that. It's like the Robin Hood effect, right? I grew up on Robin Hood Lane. How freaking weird is that? Nice. You did. I did. How many Robin Hood Lanes are there? And I grew up on one. I'm so. looking at this plane. You, I think you guys just took this what? Um, That's a 414 there. I know it is. With yeah. with, with tail tanks. Yeah. You like that, don't tip you? Tip tanks. With tip tanks, yeah. Not tail tanks. Tip tanks. Had the Ram conversion, too? Yeah. Things beautiful. That was nice. Yeah, and uh, some guy got it taken away. For, a, for oh, a, That's what you used to have right there? Yeah. Oh. For like a, a regular, you know, a piston prop, like that's a great plane. It is. It is. You can fit seven on there if you take the if you take or eight if you take the the potty out. I took the potty. And they're out. not they're not ridiculously expensive. No, well, no, they're not. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're not. My annual know. was twenty five thousand a year. Oof. 
trying to find a picture of mine. Uh, my, my plane. I, Blitz, do you have a picture of my plane? Oh, you hold on some too. I, I had Bubba Army on the on the tail. I'm trying to see. I'm looking at Ken's uh, Ken's Facebook here. Yeah, Ken, you should just Ken with the advent of of social media, YouTube, Facebook. You should just keep repoing and tape. You don't need that whole over the top Discovery crew. All that overthinking. I mean, on an average shoot of, of of airplane repo, how many people would be 10, 15 so they, on an average shoot? Yeah, so there was – remember, they had three different teams. The people that started the, doing the show with us were all from uh, Deadliest Catch. So they used that format, which was to me – Here's was, my plane right there. Oh, that's gorgeous. Except they took the Bubba Army. I had the Bubba Army on the – Did you really? Yeah, Bubba Army right – Right there on the tail, on the right there, that's Big, awesome. huge. Well, Bomber, there's, but there's my blitz. That's a fairly recent picture. Some local guy bought 20, it. 2019, yeah, 2018. That's a great. God, I love that great plane. airplane. And I never. Uh, I hope your son's not offended by this. I mean, he's an adult. I never, even though I was married, I, I never got in the Mile High Club. I was too busy flying the motherfucker. Yeah, I never. Ever got in it? What's wrong with you? I know. It's <laughs> the first thing I wanted to do when I got a plane was fuck in it, and I never <laughs> fucked in it. And I had it for seven years. You better buy a new plane then, just for that alone. No, nah, you know what? If it fucks, flies, or floats, it's cheaper to rent it. it that's a really – is that Grandpa, too, that taught you yeah, that? Yeah, that comes from a good friend named Gary Grubbs. He had, uh, you know, but if it fucks, fi- flies, or floats, it's cheaper to rent it. Makes sense. You never heard that before. Huh? I never heard that. But you're going you're Don't even lie that you're going to use it. I'm going to use it all the time. You're going to use both of my things today. Every single thing. I'm taking notes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Ken, listen, it is so good to, to hang out with you, and thank you to Tim Sabian for, for the connection. Yes. And uh, keep us posted on, you know, if you start doing more stuff and you're distributing your repo stuff through various means and your, and your light stuff and, and all of that. I appreciate it. I definitely keep us, will. Keep us posted. I definitely Thank Pre- you so much for your time. I Wanted to do this for a long time, so it's uh, hey. Listen, anytime you're repoing some shit in Tampa and you got a little bit of a heads up, now that you're you know family, just call us up and now that you know how to get here, you can just swing on in. And we'll bullshit a little bit. Beautiful, I love. I mean, it. how often do you do you have a lot of people coming, in Tampa are not very financially responsible? They're always getting their shit taken. Yeah, and they have a lot of boats and airplanes on this side. True, too, so mm-hmm. that makes you makes probably. A lot I bet you you probably make two, three, four trips a year to Tampa. I used to make one every three weeks. Whoa. Yeah, we were here all the time. Uh, and it'll be back. I think first quarter of next year, you'll start to see things blow People up. buying some shit. Yeah. No, no, hold on. People bought shit, and yeah. now they can't afford shit. Right, because they haven't been paying, and the banks haven't been charging Usually, them. Kenny Kenny rolls up when shit's going south, south, not when everybody's got their PPP checks. Yeah, I'll put my arm around him and say, hey, congratulations. I'll see you in a little bit. Oh. <laughs> what if one guy said, hey, listen, Ken, yeah, I know you're taking my shit, my big boat here, but I want to blast my life, wife one more time in, in the stateroom. Would you? I mean, listen, I, you know, here's the keys to the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But what, what would you do, Ken, if he was super cool to you? I mean, like, come on, buddy. Guys got to be guys, right? We, we got to be bros at some point, yeah. though. There you go. Be like, listen, give me. Can can I can I get thirty minutes with my wife with a real nice, you know? We have not to that for that, but we have given people, you know, an hour or two to to, to grieve over their their off and yeah. Stuff what if like a guy that. goes, hey man, I got a bunch. My wife's got her dildos in here and everything. <laughs> that like happened. That. You know, I mean, can, oh. what's going to happen? I mean, listen, I I'm not going to accuse you of stealing a rolly, but I need to get some of my shit out of here. Yeah, buddy. we let him. Yeah, you, you almost. I mean, you almost got to let him if he's being mm-hmm. cool.
Yeah, because we have to return their personal property anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's not attached to the boat or the airplane. David's yeah. got a ticket to the fucking UPS store otherwise. Exactly. So we might as well let him take, take it off now. Yeah, mm-hmm. make David's job easier. Uh, uh, Kenny, good seeing you, my friend. You and too. Blitz, it'd be a good time for us to just, you know, end the Sounds show because uh, Lummy's got one here in 12 minutes. Woo. Lummy, we can wash the cream machine tomorrow. Okay. okay. All, All right, right buddy. Yes, sir. Kenny, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. And don't forget to go to Ken- You can go to Ken's uh, Facebook. You got a YouTube channel, Ken? Uh, I do, but I don't know what it is right Ken, now. I haven't the, used it in a while. That's what you should be concentrating on. Uh, well, tell Tim Sabian that. He's, he's, he's on Twitter a lot. But, Ken, there's money on YouTube if you know how to do it, buddy. And that's it. I don't know how to do it. So that's where Tim's working with me. So hopefully yeah, in the next we. couple of weeks you'll see us. All right. Listen, everybody, thanks for uh, listening to the show. And, uh, Ken, thank you. Your son as well. I look forward to seeing you again sometime. Me too. Thank you so much. It's right. Ken Cage from uh, Airplane Repo on his YouTube. Yeah, Ken Cage, Airplane Repo. <laughs> And Ken Cage on Twitter. Uh, ins- are you on Instagram, Ken? Uh, yeah, Ken you Cage. You don't know. You fucking Ken, Cage. Ken doesn't fucking know. <laughs> Ken doesn't fucking know. It's either Ken shit. Cage Repo or Ken Cage Airplane Repo. It's, it's something like that. It's. I think it's Ken, Ken Cage. Cage's got a fucking COVID lied. He's got all kinds of shit, but he doesn't really know any of it at the end of the day. Ken, nice talking to you, my friend. You as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.